Hey friends, welcome back to the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast, where we're crazy enough to believe you can live and lead for the long haul as God designed you without burning out or flaming out in the process. Guys, we are hearing a lot of stories of hope straight from our coaching sessions. Now we have a team of almost 20 coaches across the country who their sole aim is to help you clarify your next steps and then hold you accountable to take those. That's what coaching is. Coaching says, what is this moment right now? How do I make sense of what has happened and what is happening right now in my life? How do I name that? How do I create a path forward? And you've got somebody with you. I don't know about you, but there's just something about having somebody else in your corner. And I get to experience this miracle of coaching as a coach for about half of my week. And I'm telling you guys, it is powerful when there's somebody else to help you name things, to give you permission to dream and create a pathway forward. And oh yeah, to help you create a plan to get there. That's usually the one that's most challenging. I hear all week long leaders say, oh, I've got this dream deep down in my bones. I have this feeling in my gut. I need to do this. I just don't know where to start. And if you are somebody with a dream or a message or an idea on your heart, we've got two opportunities for you. And the first is for a free breakthrough coaching session with one of our coaches. Now, these are trained stay forth coaches with incredible tools to help you discern what is happening right now in life to name those things. Again, to give you permission to dream and scheme ahead to create a plan and to walk alongside of you as you execute and live out that plan. This is an amazing process and we have an amazing group of leaders. That's the first opportunity is coaching that helps you clarify. Secondly, if you have a message on your heart, a book you want to write, if you want to launch a cause or a nonprofit or a church or a huge idea into the world, you know it is so challenging to get there on your own. And we are not meant to take on these huge challenges on our own. And so our Stay Forth team has designed an event just for people with a big dream that they want to launch. So we want to take you from dream to launch to sustain in four days. That's right, just four days. I think we can speed you up three, six, nine, maybe even 12 months in your dreaming and planning process. If you're ready to execute, this is your summer. We're going to go away for four days to beautiful Buena Vista, Colorado, Yes, we're going to have some fun. Yes, we're going to do some rafting and sit in the hot springs and look up at the mountains and have amazing coffee and, and have some incredible meals. But we are going to walk you through frameworks, plans, messaging work to figure out how do I communicate about what I do, what we are called to do, and how other people can be part of that. Too many people have an idea or a message that's unclear and you're not attracting the right people. You're not launching the thing on your heart because you don't know how to get started. So maybe coaching is right for you to clarify. Maybe this experience that is a strategic four days away can speed up that dream that's on your heart. We want to help you launch that into the world. Both of those, you can find out more at stayforth.com. You can click on the coaching tab. You can also click on the experiences tab. The Colorado collaboration may be for you this summer. We want to have you in Colorado with us for these four days. We still have a few slots left. You can apply now. Also, we always have availability with one of our incredible coaches who have very different gifts, very different skills, very different styles. 
guys, we want to welcome you into the Right Side Up community. If you've heard that over there, if not, go ahead and over to Facebook, join the Right Side Up community. This interview aired a few days ago over there, but I want to welcome to the podcast my brother, J.R. Briggs. Now, J.R. is equal parts theological and practical. So he not only wants to dig deep in scripture, but he wants to help other people understand what does that mean for my life. In light of that scripture, in light of my prayer in light of what God is saying, how do I take next steps? And I believe a lot of our next steps are toward healing in this world. And so he talks about his brand new book, Hot Off the Press, A Time to Heal, offering hope to a wounded world in the name of Jesus. I don't know too many messages right now that are this timely. Our world desperately needs healing, and we desperately need to be the healers that God has designed us to be So guys, this is a great interview with my brother and I. It's a short interview, but I would encourage you to go and pick up his book, atimetohealbook.com. You can grab that at atimetohealbook.com. We'll also leave that in the show notes. Guys, thanks for stopping by this podcast. We love when you listen. We really love when you share so that we can get more eyes, ears, and hearts focused on living not somebody else's life, but the life God has designed for them, living and leading healthy for the long haul. That's how we want you to live and lead. So enjoy my conversation with my brother from the same mother, J.R. Briggs. Dude, welcome back to the podcast and congrats on your new book, A Time to Heal. Great to have you, Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. It's always good to be with you. Always. I mean, we have some two and three and four timers, but man, you're well beyond that. I've had you many times on the podcast. Also want to welcome you to the Right Side Up community. Uh, right Siders, this is my literal brother from the same mother, uh, J.R. Briggs, uh, coming in from the Pennsylvania area. And uh, right now, I don't know that there's a more timely message than this idea of healing. And uh, so just want to kind of dig into this. Uh, give you guys a little bit, not a full spoiler alert, but to give you some of the background um, on this. So what's the book about? Why does the world need this message right now? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, we've been through a lot the last 14 months. I don't need to rehash that. But because we've all been wounded and affected in some way, big or small, we have this collective PTSD. This book is not about the pandemic. This is about what we need as a result of what we've all experienced. And truthfully, we've experienced wounding and trauma and loss and pain long before the pandemic. It just kind of raises the the volume and the intensity of it. So if this is what we've all experienced, Alan, you know, how do we respond to this, right? And when we think of Jesus's words in Luke 5, where he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Um, You know, Isaiah talked about by his wounds, we are healed. And uh, we see Jesus healing. And so uh, what's kind of alarming in this is in the midst of all these wounds, you know, he sends his disciples out and he says, heal the sick, cast out the demons and preach the good news. And we're really good at the third thing, <laughs> but I think we get a little bit squeamish about the first two things. Um, so there's that, but I also think of that quote from Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers uh, is quoted many times about this, but he said, um, when I was a kid, and I would see scary things. My mom would always say to me, look for the helpers. If you look, the helpers are always there. And I appreciate what Mama, uh, Mama Rogers said to little Fred 
but actually, I'm going to tweak that just a little bit. Because we've experienced so many wounds right now and we need healing, the world is looking for helpers, but they're looking for a special kind of helpers, helpers that will help them heal. And so the world is looking for healers. And the question that gripped me in all of this is as we look around, as the world looks around for healing, as they look for helpers, as they look for healers, will they look to the church? Will they look to leaders who are actually following Jesus? Or will they look past us to other sources and other forms of an attempt to heal? And so that's what drove me in this. If it's a time to heal, the world is wounded. Jesus is the great wounded healer, according to Henry Nouwen. Will we join him in that? And I think what's really important, Alan, is over the past several decades, American spiritual needs have actually shifted significantly. Um, in the Around the 1950s, there was this collective desire for Americans to learn how to truly be good. And then a few decades later, it shifted primarily to a search for ultimate purpose and meaning. And then it, after that, it shifted to personal identity, which then later shifted to freedom. But I think the pandemic has ushered in a whole new seismic shift now, and it's a collective longing for, for healing. And I actually think when it comes to the church, those who are involved in the church of, of Jesus around the world, especially in North America, I think this is the greatest evangelistic opportunity in our lifetimes, if we'll see it as such. So there's a lot more I could say on that, Alan. So I'll mm -hmm. catch my breath and let you insert any mm -hmm. thoughts or comments on that. But that's yeah. the, why the book is so needed in this time. Yeah, that's good to know that the pandemic has changed many, many things happening. I mean, sped, sped up things, revealed certain things as the great revealer. Um, and I love that you're looking forward. There's a lot of people that want to continue to talk about the pandemic. Helpful, right? Really good context. But this to me is peeking around the next corner. Um, yeah. Talk about scripture. You you kind of anchor um, this book in several scriptures, but there's this odd little story in the book of Numbers. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, I I know people were in their devotions this morning in Numbers, so I won't actually spend too much time on it because Always. I hate to. <laughs> but there is this really um, bizarre, and I'll even say startling story that we see in Numbers chapter 21, where. The, the people of Israel are are complaining, and God gets sick of it. And he actually, it's a little bit disturbing. He actually sends snakes along the desert floor that bite people that grow sick, and many of them die. And so God says to Moses in an act of severe mercy, he said, I want you to, an erect, uh, I want you to erect a wooden pole, and I want you to wrap a bronze snake around it. And lift it up in, in the desert, and when people look to it, they'll be healed. It's a really bizarre story, especially when you think the source of what they're looking at was actually the source of their death and their, their sickness. Uh, but look to this bronze snake, and you'll be healed. Now, of course, you know, it's the caduceus is kind of what we see on medical, you know, we see this, the WHO, the World Health Organization. We see this on lab coats of doctors. We see this on the side of ambulances. It's a snake wrapped around a pole. So even our medical health professionals wear that symbol for, that alludes back to Numbers chapter 21. But what's really interesting too, is when we think about um, John 3.16, most of us, if we have some faith background, know John 3.16. But most of us probably can't name or quote what John, 14, John 3, 14 and 15 are, the two verses right before. 
What's interesting is Jesus talks with the religious leader, Nicodemus, under the cover of darkness. They sit there and talk. Jesus says that just as Moses erected a snake on a pole in the wilderness, anyone who looks to the Son of Man will be healed too. And then he launches into John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. Now, what's interesting in that is Jesus, in talking about the famous verse of John 3.16, sets it up by making a connection back to Numbers 21. Again, this symbol that we have on all of our medical professionals uh, around the world. What is Jesus saying? He says, I am the cursed one who was erected onto a wooden pole that anyone who looked to me will be healed, which is fascinating. Sorry to get a little bit nerdy here, but I got to go down the rabbit hole a little bit more. There's actually a Greek word called sozo, S-O-Z-O. And sozo is fascinating because it has three meanings. It means to save and to deliver, but it also means to heal. And so if Jesus is our sozo healer, deliverer, savior, what's fascinating is anyone who looks to him will be healed, but anyone who looks to him, the same word, will be saved, delivered. And so we're saved by being healed. We're healed by being saved. We get a chance in this season to take that message. We've, we've done the Jesus saves thing on billboards and church marquees. But what would it be like if we took the same gospel message of Sozo, but tweaked it, just turned it just a little bit so it's a different perspective, different emphasis, not a different gospel, and said, the good news in this season is that Jesus heals. And not only does he heal, he actually invites those of us who follow Jesus to actually join in with him in the process of healing. You're uh, equal parts theological and practical. Uh, I hope you receive that. I mean, the, both the depth and then like, okay, what does that actually mean? So give us some handles here. Get practical. What does that actually mean? That subtitle, Offering Hope to a Wounded World in the Name of Jesus. What are some practical ways the people of Jesus can actually join in healing right now? Yeah, great, great question. I, I do think that the first thing we need to start with is realizing that Jesus actually does invite us to join with him. He doesn't say, sit on the sidelines and watch me work my magic. He says, I need people that follow me to actually help with the healing very practically. And I think of that story real quick in John chapter 11 with the healing of Lazarus, right? He brings Lazarus back and he says, Lazarus, come out. And then what's the next line that Jesus says in that story? He says, take off his grave clothes. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the townspeople. Jesus could have easily gone over and wrapped it himself. He could have said, grave clothes leave, and they just kind of all unwrap around off of him like toilet paper. But instead, he says, take his grave clothes off. In other words, people in the town that you know and love Lazarus, you be a part of the healing and the unwrapping and helping uh, people uh, like Lazarus become free again. I think that's the first thing. But I think there are some practical, specific things we can do, Alan. The first is we've got to learn to healthily embrace our own failure. Um, I mean, the truth is, can we really lead, truly lead effectively if we've not first been deeply wounded ourselves? And so we've got to embrace healthily our own failure. That's the first thing. The second thing is we have to have the courage and the vulnerability to be able to reveal our own wounds to other people. That's a really important thing. We've got to be willing to share that with others. Jesus' resurrected body still had scars on it 
And I think that has some implications for us who want to lean into that um, as followers of Jesus. And I think we also need to grieve the loss of the certainty that we once knew. We talk about the new normal or we're going to go back to normal. I don't think we're going back to normal. This is the new abnormal. And I think it's a new reality, not a new normal. And so that means part of this means we need to grieve our own loss and disappointment and wounds of the certainty that we once knew and enjoyed. Um, and I think we need to look around. There's a lot we could, as we look around, and I can talk about this a little bit later, but if people are looking for the healers, that means we need to look in certain places as well. So a lot of this is a reorientation of our own eyesight in how we view the world and how we view other people as well. What's the relationship between our own healing and then our ability, right, in the name of Jesus to be able to participate in others' healing. Yeah, great. They're very, very much connected. And we cannot try to help others heal if we are resistant to our own healing and naming what's inside of us. Yeah, that's good. And so that's the beautiful thing about the gospel story is we don't have to be perfect to be rescued, delivered, saved. And we also don't have to be perfect for God to use us for others to experience that rescuing, delivering, saving in the name of Jesus either. And we see that throughout scripture, very wounded people who were um, who were used mightily, even in the midst. Of, I mean, again, look at Peter, right? Just a few weeks after Peter's greatest uh, failure of his life of denying three times, it, Jesus actually uses him through the power of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts to see amazing things happen. And he, among many others, um, we could talk about uh, for a long time of how healing occurred through really weak and broken people. So there is a deep connection. Practically speaking, I think that's why leaders need coaches and counselors and deep friends and spiritual directors who can help them navigate through their own pain. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, and, and just candidly, and we've shared this, I mean, I have just a standing appointment with a counselor and it took, I've always been sort of a big fan of counselors at a distance. I've been married to one. And so I'm a fan in theory of counseling, but this year it just pushed me over the edge. It's like, man, if there's ever a time to uncover and uh, to unearth some stuff in my life, like now's the time. Uh, I don't know anybody listening, watching who said, no, nah, I shouldn't have done the work. Like just wasn't worth it. I have never yeah. heard that. I have never heard it. And so I just want to encourage and challenge you guys. If your heart leaps a little bit, like, yes, this is a time. Um, to participate in the healing process. I want to just invite you in weakness and also strength at the same time to reach out, to say counselors not only in theory can help, but like this would be a great time to pursue mm -hmm. that. And that's the message we want to continue to share. I know you do that through Kairos Partnerships, a couple of podcasts that you leave. We'll leave the show notes you know, to that in here. Uh, but the last thing I wanted you to touch on was just fear right now. Fear is just in the bloodstream of our culture. It's everywhere. It's unbelievable. There are people whose hearts are leaping saying, yes, I, I want to be a kingdom ambassador. I want to be part of the healing process. But deep down, they are so afraid of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, being divided, uh, being canceled, whatever that is. What's it going to take to be part of the healing process and actually to overcome some of our fears of failure being canceled, misrepresentation, misunderstanding, all of those things in this season? Yeah, it's a great question. We we do need equal measures of wisdom, courage, and compassion, as I continue to talk about through the years. But I think on a very practical level, it, it is going to require on the courage side of being able to step forward on this. Um, and we've got to lean into it. Of course, the greatest, most 
uh, frequent command of scripture is don't be afraid. And I think that's really important in this season. Um, and um, I think it's also important to realize the amount of fear that exists to the people to whom the Bible was written and talked about. Um, there's a lot of fear and trauma and woundedness that exists in the Bible. So if we can see the Bible as a book written to traumatize people, as a book written to fearful people, and you could just go through the list. If you read your Bible through the lens of a book being written to a group of traumatized people, it'll change the way that you not only read the Bible, but I think will help uh, change the way that we think about our own fear and what might hold us back. Um, so the other thing is naming it. You know, naming it has a way of taming it, has a way of changing it. And so being able to do that, I think, is important. The other thing practically, Alan, I'd recommend is to actually encourage people to um, look for tears in themselves and in others. There's something sacred about tears. And, you know, Frederick Beekner talked a lot about tears and the importance of paying attention to tears. Um, but, you know, tears are liquid prayers. And if we can put words to liquid prayers, uh, even just asking people or ourselves, why am I crying? Can I put words to the prayers that my face is praying right now can be a great starting point? Or, hey, I noticed that you're, that you're crying right now. You know, do you mind me asking, you know, if those are liquid prayers, what's, could you put words to what you would want to say to God? Um, so I think that's really helpful. And this as healing, so much of healing is connected to listening. I'm truly asking questions and then shutting up and just letting people be known and be seen can be a huge part of that. So yeah, fear, there's a, there's a whole bunch of fear going on in the world. I think naming it, realizing Jesus calls us out of that. I think fear is a petri dish for sin and isolation. And um, so uh, fear is present. We just have to name it and we need to lead in, lean into it and realize that uh, Jesus is the one that's leading us out of that fear and into healing. And if you are afraid and you're listening to this, it turns out you're human. That's the completely normal yeah, piece. Of this. I mean, how that. many, yeah. How many fear knots are there in scripture to amazing people, giants of the faith? Uh, so man, proud of you. Uh, this message is, I believe, so timely and, of course, timeless, right? Like, we are called to be healers. I believe there's a kind of highlighter over that in this moment. A time to heal, offering hope to a wounded world in the name of Jesus. Friends, go ahead and pick up that book. Um, also connected to the Fresh Expressions movement, which is doing some pretty incredible things in that. Love you. Proud of you. Keep up the great work. And this book, guys, I believe is an incredible resource for this moment right now. If your heart leaps at this, we'll leave a link in that show notes to this. Thanks for stopping by the community and the podcast. We'll have you back again soon. I don't know that anybody would argue that we don't need healing right now in our world. Our world is broken. And I just want to invite you into prayer. I want to invite you to become a person who regularly prays for the brokenness in our world today, not just for a pandemic that we've been through, not just for division, not just for racial, racial tensions, but for Jesus to be known in the midst of this, that the central locating piece of our life would be our faith in Jesus and our belief that his kingdom continues to come. And you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't believe that your life mattered, that you had a piece of that reconciliation 
that is in you, that you are designed for, that you are destined for as a kingdom agent of Jesus. So friends, I encourage you to pick up this book. Again, you can get it at a atimetoheelbook.com, atimetoheelbook.com. Also, if you want to jump on over to the right side of community, if you want to become a life-giving person, you need life-giving people around. You can't do it alone. So head on over to Facebook and uh, request to join the Right Side Up community. That's a safe place for us to talk about practical next steps toward living and leading as God has designed us. We want you to live and lead healthy, guys. We don't want you to burn out. We don't want you to flame out. We don't want you to quit on your vocations or on your families or on your relationships or whatever it may be that is challenging you this season. You can bring it and share it with that community. We're seeing some exciting conversations break out. We've also uh, had some exclusive content over there. We have some surprises coming up. So head on over to the Right Side of Community. We'd love to see you over there. Otherwise, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. So long.